Hey, this is Reggie Ponder, The Real Critic, and this week I have two movies for you. The first movie is One Night in Miami. What's it about? Well, One Night in Miami is the story of four men who confront their challenges, their triumphs, and their hopes. It is a reimagining of the real-life gathering of Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, and Muhammad Ali, then known as Clashes Clay, the night that Ali upset heavyweight champion Sonny Liston. One Night in Miami is based on the award-winning play by the same name. So who's in it? Kingsley Ben-Adir, Ellie Gorey, Aldis Hodge, and Leslie Odom Jr., along with a great supporting cast. Now, this is directed by Regina King. Yes, that Regina King. So what's to like about this one? Well, the thought that these icons were friends and that they came together to celebrate is really intriguing and exciting. The film does a great job of helping us understand each man individually, but also as part of the group. What's striking is that we learn the dynamics of this quartet and we get a front row seat to witness their varied but shared experiences. And I love the way they discuss the civil rights movement, their approaches to the civil rights movement, their approaches to life and their impact. This gives you a sense of how everyone has a role to play and everyone's contribution is important. Here we have a musician, an activist, a football player, and a boxer, and they all provide such great texture to the times and the issues of the day. And their discussions are so relevant to the discussions that we're having today about race, about manhood, and impact. You know how we do when we are together. We challenge each other, we clown each other, we support each other, and we love each other all in the same moment. And the dynamics is on full display in this movie. I think this film really showcases black men. It highlights our voices as friends, as uh, intellectual foes, and experts in various fields. And at times it's funny, it's sad, and it's serious. But what director uh, Regina King does is allow all of these characters to shine and the actors to seize the opportunity. I'm, I'm telling you, Ben, I mean, uh, Kingsley Ben idea plays a nuanced and memorable Malcolm X. And I know you like Denzel and Malcolm X, but you'll like this. It's a different one because it gives some real texture and it's written differently. Uh, Ellie Goree makes you feel as if Ali was really in the room I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And then Leslie Odom Jr. shows his range as he creates this Sam Cooke that is multidimensional. And then Aldous Hodge might have created his best performance as Jim Brown. Many times we don't get to see the various sides of our black men. And here we get to see that barbershop banter transformed into real issues, real feelings, and real dialogue. What's not to like? Well, there's no getting around the fact that this is a stage play adapted for the big screen. But I, I do think that Regina King found a way to keep it interesting and engaging in the face of a script which relies on dialogue more than anything else. My rating for this? This is black men with dimension and drive all in various stages of development superbly acted, deftly directed, and beautifully shot. I'm giving this one three and a half reels. The second movie is MLK FBI. This is based on the newly declassified files from the FBI. It explores the U.S. government's surveillance and harassment of Martin Luther King Jr. Now, it's directed by Sam Pollard. If you don't know who he is, you should check him out. Uh, one of his most recent films is Mr. Soul, so check that out as well. What's to like? Well, this film gives a real look at what it was to live as Martin Luther King. I really felt that it provided some new depth to like, wow, 
what the man was going through. Given the surveillance of the FBI, we see the immense stress and pressure King was under, and we learn more definitively about his infidelity. Now, this movie also shows how J. Edgar Hoover, who was the head of the FBI, how he was intent on destroying Martin Luther King, and then the tactics the government went through to learn about what he was doing, who he was with, where he was, and the like. They were bugging his hotel, his house, his friends. They had informants. So it really gives a shed some light on that. It also gives a good sense of Martin Luther King and his relationship with the Kennedys, uh, President Kennedy uh, and President Johnson. It also shows the power of the government and raises the question, if they were watching Martin Luther King so closely, how could the brother be killed in broad daylight? Huh, I'm just asking. This film is extremely interesting and informative, but in many ways, it is damaging to our perception of the man that many of us know only as the I have a dream man. I, I'm upset with that because obviously Martin Luther King was more than that, but our history has kind of watered him down to that. What's not to like? Well, one of the things is to, to not, that I didn't like is that why now? Why do this when just a bit of the declassified files have come out when a treasure trove of FBI files will be released in 2027? Wouldn't it be more of a comprehensive view of King to wait for that? So I do ask that question to Sam Pollard. And then you never really like the information that might come out that might diminish or tarnish an icon or a great American hero like Martin Luther King. In one sense, it does humanize the icon, but in another, it allows others to minimize and ignore his accomplishments. This is a very good film, but it's only a part of the puzzle that and, and the mosaic, if you will, of Martin Luther King. I'm giving this one three reels. I got a chance to interview director Sam Pollard, and here is part of that interview. You revealed a lot here, yet still there's a lot to be revealed uh, with the release of the tapes on the 27th, uh, I mean, uh, uh, 2027, excuse me. Um, what prompted you to do it now as opposed to wait for those tapes to come out? Because Reggie, I'd be too old, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. The reality is, is, I had just finished a film called Two Trains Running about the search in 1964 for two iconic blues musicians, Sunhouse and Skip James. And uh, <clears throat> the producer of that documentary had just read this book about King and the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover surveilling Dr. King. He said to me that I thought that it should be our next film. So the gentleman who wrote the book, a gentleman named David Garrow, had been one of the major consultants when I worked on Eyes on the Prize too. So we reached out to him. We took an option on the book. He, he, you know, he said yes. And then we went to Pittsburgh where he lived and we spent four to five hours with him around 2017, interviewing him on camera about the book, about the genesis, about the relationship between King and Hoover and the FBI. And that's, that became the basis for the film. And, you know, I, as you all know, I've done lots of films about the civil rights struggle and, and the, this history. And I felt this was, a, this was a way to look at it from another perspective. And that's why, that was the motivation to do it. Uh, my question is uh, uh, around the 
the reputation or what you really want people to take away for uh, about uh, Dr. King. And I want to couch it in this way is that I was going to say a lot of white folks don't really know King. They know I have a dream and that's basically all they know. But then I had to step back and say a lot of black folks don't know King. They know I have a dream and that's all they know because my kids, uh, if they didn't learn, learn stuff from me, they would have gotten it from from their schools and their schools don't teach that much anyway. So watching this could for some people maybe uh, say, oh yeah, he was flawed and, and then they don't know anything else, but I have a dream. So what, what did you, how did you think this was gonna fit in the puzzle of information overall about Martin Luther King? Here's my answer to that, Reggie. I think it's just a piece. I, I, you know, I'm a great believer that every time one makes a film or writes a book, that's not the only way you're supposed to look at these things. It's supposed to raise your curiosity and want to explore that subject matter even more. You know, pick up another book, watch another film, you know, because you're going to hear different perspectives on people. That's what's interesting about history. You know, there's not one way to look at history. There's many ways to look at history. And I think this, this is just one way. This is Sam Pollard and Benedine's way. There's another way that someone else will come along and make, another, and make a film about King with another approach. As you all know, there's many films about Dr. King that's out there now, and they all take very different approaches about who this man was and his importance and his legacy. So never take this as the this is the this is the, the holy grail. This is it. No, 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 no. This is just one man's, one filmmaker's perspective on the relationship that he's dug into. Now someone else may come along and find another way to, to un, un, unfold this story. And that's that's what you that's what you do. That's what, that's my job. Don't forget to check out the full interview at the African-American Film Critics YouTube page. That's AFCA, A-A-F-C-A YouTube page. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Real Critic. That's R-E-E-L. And you can check me out on Facebook at Reggie The Real Critic. And then you can also go to my website, ReggiePonder.com. See you next time.